Today's scripture reading comes from 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this, when he is revealed, we will be like him. For we will see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Everyone who commits sin is guilty of lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he was revealed to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Everyone who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. Everyone who commits sin is a child of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The Son of God was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Those who have been born of God do not sin because God's seed abides in them. They cannot sin because they have been born of God. The children of God and the children of the devil are revealed in this way. All who do not, all who do, not do what is right are not from God, nor are those who do not love their brothers and sisters. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Terry. I think the last time <laughs> I gave a speech, I asked everybody, could they hear me okay? And someone in the back said, well, can you speak up louder? And the person in the front row said, I can hear him just fine. You can have my seat. <laughs> <laughs> no one really teaches us to be parents or moms or dads. Just like no one teaches us to deliver a Father's Day message. But thanks, Anders, father of two, for asking me. So what do I talk about? What wisdom can I impart upon all of you, my church friends? Not to overpromise, but I stand before you today to answer the many mysteries of religion and fatherhood. Well, not really. <laughs> Chapter 1, Setting the Stage. 2023 is a big year for the Hunt family. In April, Becky and I celebrated our 25th anniversary. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> then, in May, our youngest daughter became Dr. Miranda Hunt. <laughs> when she graduated from Michigan State Medical School. And three milestone birthdays are ahead this summer. My grandson, Phineas, a.k.a. Finney, son of Lauren and Bruce, Lauren's in the middle, and her husband's not in there, turns 10. My oldest son, Casey, he's holding Finney, turns 40. 
and next month, can this be right? I turn sententa. <laughs> 70 sounds better in Spanish. <laughs> How did all that happen? Oh, and on top of that, amazingly, another milestone. We joined Greenfield 20 years ago. Chapter two, the big question. <laughs> Let's start with Casey and Lauren. When they grew up, my ex-wife and I never went to church. I grew up Catholic, she grew up Methodist. But we never agreed on a church. Formal religion wasn't part of our lives. After a divorce, I met and married my beautiful wife, Becky. When our daughter, Miranda, <coughs> was in second grade, she met a classmate who has become a lifelong friend, Mariah, now Dr. Mariah Moore, doctor or daughter of Reverend Peter and Kathy Moore. The two girls were so inseparable that people thought they were sisters. Along the way, we joined Greenfield. I wasn't sure what we were getting into, but it has been serendipitous. By then, Casey and Lauren were living on, the, on their own. They only came to Greenfield a couple of times. We invited them to attend special services, like the annual Christmas Eve with Miranda performing in the kids' play, and the Father's Day service, just like this one, where I was up front with the other men singing and famously wearing Hawaiian shirts. How did that happen? Lauren took it in stride, but it must have been jarring to Casey. No wonder, later that week, he asked me the big question, Dad, when did you become so religious? It was an honest and innocent question, but it struck me so funny. I was unprepared for it. What did he see in me that appeared so different while well, I didn't feel any different? To this day, I still ponder the question. How about you? When did you become so religious? Are we only religious if we belong to a church? How do you answer it? What are the implications? Chapter 3. <clears throat> Grappling for answers. To get to the bottom of this, I need to trace back to my elementary school days in Northern California in the 1960s. So get ready for some NFL football. <laughs> like I said, I grew up Catholic. Back then, it was a mortal sin to miss Sunday Mass. During NFL football season, my dad didn't want to miss the games on TV, but he still had to fit in the Sunday service. Typically, my mom would go to Saturday Mass with my brothers and sisters. That left me to go with my dad on Sunday. When you lived out west, the 1 p.m. Eastern Time NFL game started at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. So here's what we did. <laughs> my dad and I would watch the first half. Then at halftime, we would scurry off to the 11 a.m. Mass, say a prayer to the 49ers, then leave church early to catch as much of the second half as possible. <laughs> That's my early memory of going to church. We went there, but we were anonymous. Maybe that's when I became so religious. I have lots of great memories of my dad. Being the oldest of a family of six, I surely got the best treatment. Like Andres said last week, being the eldest comes with perks. I don't know if he exactly said that. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. My dad took me every place with him, to his work in downtown San Francisco on Saturdays. He took me for a seaplane ride over San Francisco Bay at Alcatraz out of Sausalito. 
We explored everywhere, and by the time I was 10, I knew the streets of San Francisco and could have given tours. Before Christmases, after my younger siblings went to bed, my dad would take me to where he hid the new Christmas toys. He was like a kid too, and couldn't wait to show them off. One time, he showed me the giant Lionel HO train set he was secretly building in the garage. Was that for him or us? <laughs> Another year, he bought me one of those fast-action tabletop hockey games, the ones with the players on the ends of metal rods. We often played it until after midnight. Then, when high-tech computer games debuted one Christmas, we played pong tennis on the TV. It was such great fun. Maybe that's when I became so religious. My first hard and fast memory of GPC was my dad's funeral in 2005. We couldn't have gotten through it without Greenfield, and I'm still grateful. Having GPC people supporting us and attending the service was unforgettable. For that alone, I am glad we landed at, G at Greenfield. GPC pulled our whole family through a very difficult time. Chapter 4, A Single Father. <coughs> it's faded from my memory banks, and most people don't know about this, but I spent many years as a single father. Back in 1992, I took Casey and Lauren on a two-week trip to California, just the three of us. We visited Disneyland, Yosemite, Lake Tahoe, and San Francisco. <laughs> I'm sorry, unexpectedly. When we got back, my now ex-wife told me she wanted a divorce and insisted she wanted to split up the kids. It was a scary situation for me as a dad. I told, I told her I wouldn't split them up. She said, well, what makes you think you can raise them by yourself? I remember telling her that I could raise, if I could raise one, I could raise them both. So when they were eight and nine, I raised them as a single dad. <laughs> that was one of the most important and best decisions I ever made in my life. God must have been watching over us. Funny thing, if I hadn't taken them on that two-week trip, I wouldn't have had the confidence to do it. Maybe that's when I became so religious. <laughs> and my goal to raise them was always to lead by example. Simple, that was it. It had its challenges. I worked full-time, I coached both in soccer, took them to school. I wasn't a perfect father. One elementary school teacher took me aside and told me, you should buy them some nicer clothes instead of them wearing sweatpants every day. <laughs> hey, what did I know? <laughs> the three of us were tight. We went to the movies, Jurassic Park and Mrs. Doubtfire. We went to lots of sporting events together. If you ask them one thing they remember most, they'd probably tell you it was the time I ate a hamburger from the kitchen trash can. <laughs> Let me explain. We were going to a Rockers soccer game at Joe Louis Arena. The food was expensive there, so I told them we needed to eat dinner at home before we went. But Casey didn't want to comply. The little rascal secretly threw his hamburger in the kitchen trash, hoping I'd buy him food at the game. But I caught his trick. Brazenly, I reached into the trash can, pulled out the hamburger, and ate it right in front of them. <laughs> Call it on-the-spot discipline, my style. <laughs> it, 
had a great effect, and apparently they'll remember it forever. Chapter 5. Still tight after all these years. So Casey, I guess I've always been religious. It was subtle. You just didn't notice it. <coughs> but it's instilled in you, and in Lauren and Miranda too. I still feel tight with all three of my children. I can talk to them about everything, and they are bonded for the long haul with each other. We've been through an amazing and shared life journey. I'm equally proud of all their accomplishments. They can tell you best what I taught them. Perhaps I, one thing I taught them was to appreciate music. Best of all, Becky has become mom to all three, overcoming the burden of stepmom status. In fact, she has fully embraced our family, so much so, 15 years ago, she tried to buy a vanity license plate that said Ohana, which in Hawaiian means family, but somebody already else, else already had it. The Secretary of State offered her number six, so she's Ohana six. Becky, Casey, Oren, Miranda, and me. Oh, and Whiskers, our family cat. <laughs> Perfect solution. Crazy thing, a couple weeks ago, I happened upon a Chevy with Ohana 3 parked at the CVS in Royal Oak. What are the odds of that? Maybe that's when I became so religious. My Father's Day message to you might be this. Be flexible, be adaptable, be a good sport. Be kind. <coughs> Have a sense of humor. Be yourself. Share your world with your family. Listen. Let them flourish. In my mind, I've always been religious, even if you can't tell. And I didn't become religious just because I joined a church. Although fitting in at Greenfield has always been easy, and you are definitely not anonymous. In closing, was all this too autobiographical? Oh, well. I wasn't asked to preach a sermon, just present a simple message. If it helps you think about your religion, your journey with God, your role as a father or parent, that's great. I cannot and don't judge who is or who isn't religious. For my sake, it's something I work on consciously and subconsciously. And that's when dad became so religious. <laughs> and that's when dad became so religious. Happy Father's Day. Amen. Amen.